This week, we're going to be talking about drama school training. The pros, the cons, and how prepared you are for a career as an actor when you leave. This is Average at Best. Life as an actor can be good and bad, reflecting on jobs we haven't haven't had, crazy tales from audition to set, burying ourselves in mountains of debt, dealing with parents asking what's your plan B, Ollie and M discuss over tea, made to feel we're average at best, why is this industry such a fucking test? This is a podcast with occasional guests. Once again, you've just put all your shit all around my room. Like, what are we doing here? Are we making re- myself at home. I'm going to feel comfortable so I can act natural. Are we recording a podcast or are we messing up my room? Do you want me to act room? natural? This is my space, Emily. Okay, this is my space. I'm sorry. It's a glass of water and a can of Coke, you weirdo. Just call me Tom because this is my space. <laughs> Tom. Tom. My, I know a lot my of My space Tom. My space Tom. Great. Do you not remember my space Tom? No. He was the creator, the founder of MySpace. Everyone was friends with Tom on I, MySpace when you first signed up. I never used MySpace. Oh my god, what is wrong with you? How old are you? What? I never. I thought I. I just wasn't into it. I had better things to do with my life. MySpace. Yes. Well, some of us didn't. Okay, Emily. MySpace. I mean, give me some. Fun. How did you first hear about Lily Allen? If you weren't on MySpace. I think I just saw a video on the telly box. Wow. You are old I'm trying to remember school. that song I couldn't get out of my head of hers for weeks and weeks and weeks. Give smile. Me one. Mm, how does it go then? At first, when I see you smile. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, I mean, don't that... call us, we'll call you. <laughs> uh, it, was a, it was like you were trying to do a classical version. Yeah, I, I can't remember the words. You're expecting me to remember words? What do I look like? Some sort of fucking actor. I feel like I need them. What, the words? Go on, have a quick Google. You carry on talking. Hold, please, whilst we Google the lyrics to Lily Allen, Smile. Holding. It's like she's never used Google before. No, it's the fucking Wi-Fi, you moron. Um, Don't take that tone with me, young lady. Sorry. Old lady. Oh. (laughs) Sorry, I had to correct there. When you first left me, I was wanting more, but you were fucking that girl next door. When you first left me, I was wanting more, but, but you, you were fucking that girl next door. door. What'd, What'd you do, do that for? for? What'd, What'd you do, do that, that for? for? This is gold. Podcast gold. It's what are you I'm... Googling now? Put your damn phone down. I was mainly just texting. I mean, you know, if you're not Googling Lily Allen, you're, uh, you're texting. Doing research. Lily is crucial to this episode, actually, as well. She is. Because, you know, her knowledge of drama school training is second to none. Yeah. Unparalleled. She was due to be appearing tonight. We asked her. We said, Lily, come on. She just messaged me again, actually. She's still stuck on the bus. So she's probably not going to be here in time. Proper effort, though. Good effort on her for, like, you know, trying to get the bus all the way to Barnet. Not many people will bother coming all the way out here. You know, it would have been great if Lily could have been here because, her, as I said, her knowledge is second to none and um, and we really could have used her. But as it is, you guys will just have to make do with us as we, as we chat about drama school. And being fountains of knowledge, that won't be a problem, will it? I think I'm beyond fountain. I think I'm more of a waterfall, you know? You want to be more dramatic. He always does. I'm more of a Niagara. Yeah. Or an angel falls. Am I not... Angel falls? Which falls are you? Which waterfall are you? The thing is, it wouldn't work if we were both falls. This this whole relationship well, no, only because... works because you're like the falls and I'm like a stream. Calm. Calm little delicate stream. But the stream leads to the falls. The stream leads to the falls and... The you st- lead to me. <laughs> In your life, all, all, <laughs> all roads lead to Ollie. All roads. No, I don't, I don't mean that. So, what is today's topic, Ollie? Well, first of all, we had a message from someone uh, that said that they really dislike it when people don't introduce themselves at the start of a podcast. So let's just take a moment to say, I am Oliver Powell. And I'm Emily Chase. And this is Average at Best. Welcome along. We've been uh, blabbering on for some time, but now we're going to jump straight into the deep end. Into the deep end? The plunge pool. Okay. At the bottom of the waterfall that is my knowledge, if you will. I'm going to tread water while you talk. <laughs> I think that is basically <laughs> been the formula for the last four episodes. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
That's just because oh. you love the sound of your own voice. What? Oh, that is true. Isn't it? That is very true. Even though I hate my voice. But yeah. Yeah, he hates his voice, but he never shuts up. Mm. Yeah, that's kind of, that's me. There's a kind of duality that runs throughout everything I do. And and that is, is no exception. Okay, so while I'm treading water, what are you going to talk about? <laughs> well, I'm going to talk about training, Emily. Training? What kind of training? Personal training? Drama training? I think we've we've covered personal training extensively. I think it's been mentioned on every episode so far. Yeah, I'll just give another big shout out to my personal trainer, Ruth Key. Can't recommend her highly enough. Oh, a little plug there. Yeah. Ruth. Yeah. Old Ruthie. Plugging away. If you need a personal trainer, do contact her, Ruth Key Fitness, on Instagram. She's great. She's great. We love Ruth. I really like Ruth. She's, she's marvellous. She doesn't train me. She lives too far away. Otherwise... I'd, I'd be all up in that. She doesn't live near me, you just got to make the effort, Ollie. <laughs> oh, don't come at me just with gotta that. make the effort. Don't come at me with that. Okay, so what training are we talking about? We're talking about drama school training. Drama school training. Drama. Um, we're going there. We are, we're, we're digging in, you know, at the start of the start of the career. Mm. You know, training I still think has huge value um to an actor in 2018 whether you trained years ago or whether you're training now or you trained in the last few years um you know it ends up informing a lot of what you're doing in your career doesn't it without a doubt I think it does have a lot of value I think I think people can maybe still question it a bit as they do the same as you know university occasionally people definitely go but oh but is it worth it because you do see some people who just go straight to the top and they haven't done anything but in but general, they are rare, rare, they rare are exceptions. Rare. And I think if you're if you're genuinely interested in the craft and learning, and it is all a bit alien to you, then it's the only way to go, really. Yeah, I mean, I think just learning, learning your craft, learning how to control your instrument, if I may be so wanky. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I I learned how to use my instrument. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry, so vulgar. I just I don't know what's happening. Stop. There'll be no more talk of uh, instruments. No. Look at your bicep. Thank you. I mean, they're quite big wow. now. Wow. Yeah. Well done, Ruth. She Look, is working you hard, she isn't is she? Like, I know it's a bit scary, isn't it? I'm turning into Fatima Whitbread. Uh, you're not turning into it Fatima wasn't my Whitbread. Aim. <laughs> You literally couldn't be further than Fatima Woodbread. Woodbread? Whitbread. So training. It's great. It has still huge value. I think if you kind of don't know how to... If you don't have a method of approaching acting, like when you're trying to get into a character's head, trying to emotionally open yourself, you know, drum school can give you really useful tools in those areas yeah I mean it's if it's if it's a topic that you've just you've never really um studied in anything like all all I'd done before when I was at uni was I'd watched people a lot often from the orchestra pit where I was always playing but like you know what what instrument did you play clarinet oh the sexy wind (laughs) the sexy clarinet woman (laughs) now one time at band camp um yes because I only did really music before and then I turned to acting. Um, yeah, I think all I'd seen was people act and you, you've no idea, like, everything that is involved in, you know, if just crafting one character in one play. Yeah, in let, one scene. It, yeah, let alone just generally the whole craft itself. I think... Um, you know, most people would be interested in going to training, in, in training at drama school if if they're into acting. I think it's, well, as you kind of know yourself from having a shorter experience, I think sometimes if people haven't had it, it can be a bit of a, oh, I don't know what it is, so I'm not sure how I yeah, feel Yeah, I mean, it. but but obviously there's a lot, of, there's been a lot of talk recently about drama school and how it is really for the privileged the most privileged in society and so there's a real drive at the moment to increase diversity in people from more working class backgrounds which I think is really really important because the in the UK the industry still draws heavily from people that have done that formal um, three-year training in particular obviously I I know that there are great one-year and two-year courses but the the three-year course is still kind of seen as the 
the primary yeah. objective when you're kind of thinking or talking about going to drama school. And and I guess that's a slight difference with the rest of the world as well, because, you know, in the US, they don't really have that formal three-year university-style training. Or it's available, you know, there are schools like Juilliard and, you know, Yale Drama and you, these other kind of very recognisable ones. But generally, I think that the, the kind of setup of training in the US is much more... Um, attending regular classes like a you know there's a class with a teacher that you you go to um and then it becomes more about like scene study and and maybe like kind of opening yourself up and doing like method and what have you but it's just not quite the same as it as that intense drama school environment where you're there every day for up to three or maybe even four years if you've done like a foundation course first um and it's a very different experience to just going to uni as well, because, I mean, you know, when you're at uni, you may be doing, like, eight hours a week or something, ten hours a week. Yeah, I mean, having come just come straight from a degree course into a, into doing a one-year course, I was, like, <laughs> I realised just how little we'd been expected to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think it's I think it's why British actors kind of have a good reputation around the world is because um, a lot of people that have done well have attended that kind of more formal structured training. Um, so they, f- I think that people, especially in the US, they, they have the idea that, you know, British actors have maybe been put through their paces a little bit more and really had to earn their stripes. Yeah, I mean, our, tra- our training was intensive and it was full-on and it was really hard work. It was, I mean, it was good, it should have been, but, I mean, in comparison to the university degree I'd just done, it was... Yeah, so so you'd done a three-year degree at uni and then... Four you, years. F- you did four years at uni? At Scot- yeah, because it was Scottish University. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, that was why I didn't want to do another three years, because... No, that's fair, because who needs to be in education for that long? <laughs> And I hadn't gone straight into it. I'd been working. And then I did a year's family. Emily is 86. <laughs> I'm actually 111 in June. Um, no, I did. I, I worked for a bit and then I did. I, well, I did a foundation course mm-hmm. in acting to get into the one year. Because I didn't want to do three years. So you did a one year foundation. Yeah. And then a one year acting. And you went to... I did that while I was working full time. Right. So I did it in the evenings. Right. And where did you... Where did, You went to the Oxford School of Drama. For the one year, yeah. I did oh, the one year. And where did you do your foundation then? Arts Ed. Ah, okay. And they had an evening course? Yeah. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah. I don't, they... know, I, don't know if, I don't think they do it anymore. Oh, interesting. But, I mean, that was the definitely... The 80s were a different time, weren't they? <laughs> 70s, get it right. <laughs> uh, I think that was, um, that was definitely how I managed to get into the one year though if I hadn't had that that bit of training I found it I found it incredibly helpful Mm. they were really um encouraging and I that experience was really positive for me actually and it was a really interesting class because it had such a variety of people in it especially because it was an evening course as well you know the age range was completely mixed kind of which was sort of similar to the one year but not on such a big scale sure and why Oxford so my ex-boyfriend at the time was also going there and originally I had said I didn't want to go to the same school as him because I just thought it was a bad idea but then he thought it would suit me and then I didn't I I decided to go and see what it was like because I'd already been up there a few times as seeing as he was there so I sort of knew the area and stuff right so I thought I'd go for the interview and then I actually really liked it and I kind of I liked the way that they were in comparison to some of the other places that I'd seen and then I how how many do you remember how many you applied to because not all of them do like one year courses a lot no. of the one year courses are quite specific courses like Shakespeare uh, you know movement or, or Most, whatever I don't know a lot of them did do like just a general one year acting course but it was I, I did I applied to three. Oh, okay so and oh I, so it's not like you applied to like 10 and only got into one no I think it was I think I got offered two or maybe I got into the final stage for another one and then I just got that one but with Oxford they were trying to get me to do the three-year course for a while oh really but I was saying no way Jose because um I 
well, there was no guarantee of funding, so I couldn't really afford it. And also, I um, I didn't want to do another three years after doing four years and doing a one-year course. I'd already right. done five years Which I think training. is totally reasonable. And I think that you, you know, you need to, if you're going to do the drama school, go the drama school route, you need to find a course in a place that's right for you. And, and that should be however many years it's going to be, whether it's one year, two year or three year. Um, and but, also when but, I went, the, the big thing about Oxford that I found out was that they, they had these dance and drama awards, but 80% of the students had an award, which is a huge amount mm. compared to any of the other schools. So basically my chance of getting an award was huge and I did get one, which was amazing because otherwise it would have been £10,000 that I didn't have. Right. Yeah, and I, mean, I already it's, had it's, a student It's an expensive thing. I think that's why choosing the right school for you is is so important. But you were saying that you felt that they would prefer you to go on to the three-year. Why do you think that? Is it because, I mean, you know, we know that three-year courses are kind of viewed with a slightly more... Um, there's a kind of hierarchy, isn't there? There's a hierarchy of drama schools. Like yeah. There's those drama schools that are seen as more um, highbrow, respectable um, schools. And then there's also the idea that maybe doing post-grad courses isn't as valid or worthwhile or you know when you leave you're you maybe there's going to be less people coming to your show or you're less likely to secure an agent which is kind of unfortunately what drama school ends up becoming about in that final year isn't it yeah but I just I don't I mean from looking at the people who've come out of the school as well and in terms of some of them who were who are now doing extremely well I don't think it affected them you know whether they did the one year or the three year and you know people from both then that have done well since who are doing really well so you don't think it really affected not not them it didn't interesting yeah did you actually enjoy oxford um yes and no no (laughs) but it was a very mixed experience for me um I really liked the school and I liked the way that they taught acting and I liked the type of people that they chose to go there. Okay. That was one of the reasons that I went. It was very kind of... Bohemian. The opposite to jazz hands type. Right. You know? It was... A bit more laid back. Not actory type people. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, there's nothing worse than actors, is there? No, but you know what I mean. (laughs) You No, but everyone knows what I mean when I say that. Yeah. Don't you? Yeah, I guess so. You do. I mean, I'm wearing my jazz shoes right now, so I think that you're unfairly besmirching. Yeah, okay, that's true. But besmirching? Is that a word? It is, but it doesn't work in this context. Um, okay, well, I, that's another word that I like, though. I'm going to add that to thwarted. Okay. <laughs> um, I Yeah, so I obviously, I mean, it was kind of difficult for everyone. You know, they work very much like on breaking you down and then building you back up again. But I think in one year, that was quite difficult. Mm. Um and even more intense. And depending on, you know, your own experiences um, during that year, you may or may not have been receptive to it. I remember, like, obviously this this week we've had people um, be very helpful with us um, in terms of our research for this episode. Yeah, we put a message out on our social media saying that we were going to be talking about this and asking people to uh, contact us with their experiences. Yeah. and we'll um, come to. At the start of the year, I was uh, actually I was doing pretty well with it. And I was really enjoying the course, and then around Christmas time, um, my granddad died, and that that was when I started finding it really difficult because obviously it's all about breaking you down mm. and bearing your soul. And then suddenly, I was having to go in and do that every day at a time when I I didn't actually have any I, family members who'd ever died before, so I hadn't been through it. Oh, uh, right. And I didn't know how I was going to react and I was sort of reacting a bit weirdly and I found that really hard to go in and be open and stuff and receptive to things. And then I started doing quite badly for a while and it was definitely related to what was happening to me outside. Mm. And I didn't know how to separate it and I didn't separate it very well. So then I didn't do very well for a while. And So do you not feel like you got the most out of your course in the end? Not at that point. I think that did affect things. Right. Um, I did get some of it back and there there was still parts of it that I really loved but that was unfortunate I think for me because I think that did affect me a lot in the middle yeah I mean it's not really a thing you can predict is well, it well how, how can you ever control that yeah um and obviously there Assuming was other people that you didn't you know 
kill him. Do him in. <laughs> no, no, I didn't do him in. Well, then, yeah, that was totally out of your control. Yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of an unfortunate part of it. And I don't know if that meant I got the most out of it in the end. Interestingly, when we did get to the end, um, we did we were doing our showcase as a joint showcase with the three-year course, which was interesting because it was the first year that they'd ever done it. So that had mixed reactions from uh, people on the three-year. Obviously, oh, yeah. some some of them went over the moon about having to share the stage the, time with, the stage with us. Year. Some didn't mind at all, um, but it was a mixed bag. But also, that also doubled the amount of people who were in the showcase. So I guess it was it was... It was sort of an experimental year for them, and I'm not sure it worked out terribly well for everyone. So I went to East 15, but I had, I had a slightly different experience in general because so I went, I took a gap year, and I had applied to drama school before, um, whilst I was on my gap year before I went travelling, um, and I'd applied to like five places I think, um, and I hadn't got in anywhere. I'd had, I only had two recalls, um, didn't get in anywhere, so because I was on my gap year, I was like, well, it's fine, I'm just going to try again next year, and um, and I kind of, whilst I was applying, because it's interesting, isn't it, when you go to your auditions, you really get a sense of the school, and you maybe really have a final idea of where you want to go, and during that audition process, I had kind of decided that I really wanted to go to RADA, for some reason, uh, I just okay. fell in love with Rada. Um, so the next year, my plan was actually only to apply to like maybe two or three, and if I didn't get into one of those, then fuck them all. Um, <laughs> so so that was my plan. And then randomly, when I was travelling, um, I was contacted by East Fifteen, who I had auditioned for, and I'd done previously a little bit of kind of tech stuff. Like not much at all, but they were just starting a, a new um, course which was focused more on, on tech stuff. Um, and they kind of just offered me a place. And I was in New Zealand at the time, and I didn't know what I was doing the next year, and so I was definitely going to apply to drama schools, but I was like, well, maybe it would be useful to go, and maybe you know it would be easier for me to get in somewhere if I'm at a drama school mm -hmm. so I accepted the place and um, I got back from traveling and five days later started at uh, East 15 in the wonderful land of Loughton so that was the three-year course it was a three-year course mm -hmm. I kind of never intended that I was going to stay on the three-year course before you'd even started yeah because I knew that I was going to be applying I knew I was definitely going to be applying to drama schools um so I would have left if I had got into somewhere. So um, so I had a great year in many ways. Socially, I had a great year. I made a lot of friends, many of whom I'm still like close friends with now. Um, and I lived with these two guys that I had not known, obviously, previously, like a lot of people that go to uni and, and drama school and wherever else. Um, and it was so lucky we just got on so well which I think is so rare that you 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 know kind of end up shacking up with some people that you don't know and for it actually to work out but we did we got on so well um I think it makes the world of difference oh, it? So when you're there difference. if you genuinely genuinely really like each other I remember the three-year course who were there at the same time as us used to get in in trouble a lot in their class for kind of messing around a lot but it was because of how much they all genuinely got on. Yeah. You know, and everyone is still great friends even now. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Some years at drama, uh, drama school, the year really gels, and then other years they really don't. Mm. But but in terms of living together, yeah, I really I really gelled with uh, with my two housemates, Dan and James. And um, they were both on the foundation course. And, um, and so consequently, I became really good friends with everyone on the foundation course. And that's actually all my friends that I'm still in contact with <laughs> from East 15. <laughs> it's fine. It doesn't matter. Um, all my friends at East 15 that I'm, I'm still good friends with were all on the foundation course and then subsequently went on to do the acting course. Um, so I did the I did the technical course. Was desperately unhappy. I also that's, been, that's an unusual course, isn't it? Really unusual. Really specific type of person who is not me. I'm 
I'm way more. I mean, a, give us actor. a summary of the course. Oh, it was doing like, I learned a lot. It was doing loads of stuff: stage management, um, set building, um, costume design, and construction and uh yeah all of the kind of more technical areas and I learned loads and actually skills that I have just in my life now you know like in terms of doing DIY and stuff like I I have some awareness that you I have can... drama school to thank for that <laughs> yeah like all drama school grads you know um yeah so I I, I did I, I learned a lot but really I wasn't very happy and as planned I applied to drama schools and as planned I only applied to three this time so I applied to Guildhall, RADA and uh, and East 15 because I was already there and obviously I'd made loads of friends. Um, and once again, I did not get into RADA and Guildhall. Um, and East 15, I auditioned and they basically, they wanted me to do the foundation course. Um, and I pushed and, and really pushed and, and wanted to get onto the three year and they were like, oh, we would just, we just think that it, you'd be... Um, much stronger going into the three year having done the foundation and I was like oh that would mean if I do the foundation then I do the three year I will have been here for five years and the thought of having spent five years um, in that area um, and in that environment as well you know drama school is a very specific environment Mm. it's like 300 people maybe across the whole school um, and you do everything together it's not like going to university and having like you know 10,000 undergrads and every day you could meet someone new and be friends with someone new. Like it's, it's just not that it's a very intense environment. And again, because you're there every day from like nine till six. And then when you're doing shows, it's even longer than that. Mm. Um, so I wasn't sure that it was, it was what I wanted. And then I had a dream, Emily, <laughs> you know, this story, don't you? So I had a dream. It's quite a funny story, but it's true. I swear it's, God's honest truth. I had a dream that... Just drink some Redville and try and stay Jude awake. Law told me to quit drama school. <laughs> so although I wasn't technically on the acting course... Did uh, he do it in, like, a fake Hockney accent? No. Ollie, Ollie, I really think you should just fucking leave, mate. Was it like that? No, I don't know why Jude Law would ever be doing that accent, Emily. Didn't he do that accent in, like, Alfie? No, not really. What did he do, then? I don't know. Quite well spoken all the time, I think, is Jude. No, I don't think he gives that Anyway, off. you're distracting from Sorry. my story. Jude Law's accent is not relevant right now, Emily. Um, <laughs> so I had this dream that Jude Law told me to quit drama school. And it was an odd dream, I'm not going to lie. And Jude Law, you know, I'm, he's a solid actor. He's not someone that I have ever especially looked up to, though. So it was a bit odd. I used anyway, to have his calendar on my wall. I'm sure you did. Next day, I went to the theatre and... Jude Law was sat behind me <laughs> and and so I took it as a sign and the very next day I went into the uh, the head of the course and said I'm leaving and this was about three weeks from the end of the first year so he you took it as a sign just because he sat behind you well because for me to dream of Jude Law and then for me to basically be in the same space as Jude Law. You like, might want to check with the real Jude Law, though. Will the real Jude Law please stand up and <laughs> tell me if what you said in my dream is true? No? Well, no. Okay. I just thought it was a bit very odd. You know, I, to some extent, believe in signs, and to me this was a sign that I was going to follow. So I followed that I love sign, that you followed it. And I went into drama school the next day and into the, the head of my course, and I quit. And, yeah, it was only about three weeks from the end of the course but I was like nope I'm leaving now he was like well do you like I'm really disappointed you're kind of probably one of the best people in the year um and he tried to get me to stay and I was like look this isn't what I want to do I'd already auditioned to go on to the acting course um and he was like we'll just stay until the end of the first year I was like no I'm done I'm done I'm leaving it's Um, very Niagara Falls reaction it it? is a very Niagara Falls reaction so you left so I left and started on my way. And to be honest, it's interesting because I then jumped straight into like trying to act. And so I took private coaching and I went on, I did courses, I did like method acting courses and voice lessons where I got like a voice teacher um, and a dialect coach and was like practicing different dialects. So I kind of created my own training for, for a year. 
and then after that I um I started I started working I booked my first commercial then I booked a, a theater tour around France and so things just kind of started happening how did you get the first job I was writing to casting directors and mm-hmm. um, I didn't have an agent at that point, but I was writing to casting directors and I got brought in for a couple of commercials and I ended up booking a Burger King commercial. So when you wrote to them, did you have your headshots done and you were on Spotlight? I and had everything? headshots. I was on Spotlight. Um, Spotlight weren't quite as strict. I may have made up some credits. Oh my I can neither confirm God. nor deny that. Um but yeah, so I had I had that, and I did I did this commercial for Burger King. Every episode we do from now on is going to be from jail. Also, <laughs> which interestingly also starred um, Ben Marks, who is now a casting director. Ben trained at Oxford. Oh, we're so connected. Oh we're my so god, interconnected with we're basically family our industry. I mean, you and Ben look like brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure about that, but yeah, um, they're quite similar. It was quite a funny commercial. What? I was being bullied because I had a, a shit lunch and he, uh, and he was part of a gang that like all ate Burger King. So it was meant to be like geek, geeky people bullying each other in their workplace. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I that remember was, him that was talking about his McDonald's commercial. Burger King. No, sorry, Burger King. I think Ben did a lot of commercials when he was an actor though. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, so, uh, so yeah, so I started acting and then by the time... Everyone that I was friends with at drama school left drama school. I was, in a way, I was kind of ahead of them. And although I maybe didn't have the full range of, like, tools, um, like, craft-wise, that they had obviously built up during that time, my awareness of the industry and how the industry actually worked was... um, well, I mean, I think it was second to none. It was, it was, it was better than theirs. I knew more about how the. This is what worked. I was saying earlier about like people saying, "Oh, you don't need to bother with university, son. Just go and learn on the job." It's that, isn't it? But it it's is kind that, of I think, like because... I mean, no, but that is where are you going gonna learn better than on the job? But that's learning the practicalities of how things work, and but but actually. I still do sometimes miss that I didn't have that three years of, of kind of more formal training. Um, and, you know, there, there's obviously loads of benefits that cannot be overlooked when it comes to drama school. Yeah. And, you know, when you're actually I think when you're there. But it's at the same time in that situation, I left and uh, and then had like created my own training and started working and learning about the industry. And, you know, I had more knowledge about how the industry worked by the people that I was friend by the time the people I was friends with left. And so it made me think, well, actually, after three years, how prepared are you actually to work and to be engaged with the industry? Um, and I think that's a really interesting question that that people that go to drama school even now, it's like, well, how worth it is it? Because drama school very much prepares you for for the acting part, but I'm not sure how much it prepares you for all the other stuff that comes with having a career as an actor. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I can't really talk about that too much because I didn't do the three years or no. because I didn't, I didn't finish a course or even an acting course um, per se. So I, I can't really talk extensively about that. I certainly know from all of my friends um, what their experiences were and have been since. Um, yeah, I mean, I still definitely think that my training was worth it. You know, I found certain parts of it difficult from what I mentioned previously, but I mean, overall, you know, all of the stuff that I learned was incredibly useful to me and I did take it with me. I think the biggest part um, that I think could have been different is what, which is what we're going to talk about is kind of, in terms of how you deal with not working when you're out of drama school and things like that. I think with anything, there's always, like, with with even going to uni, there's good and bad experiences. So I don't think you, you know, overall, I think you still value the training that you had. Um, I did. I, I think, think that is very different for a lot of people. A lot of people do leave drama school and feel that actually maybe they would have been better served in creating their own training they would have spent probably less money 
Um, and yeah, I mean, for me, that the funding was invaluable. I mean, that's what enabled me to do the course. Had I not got the Dance and Drama Award, I wouldn't have been able to do it. Yeah. I definitely wouldn't have been. Well, and that's the issue today, like we were saying earlier, you know, that the drama school has become, you know, just such a thing for the more privileged in, in society. And that's why maybe that's... It's the same with what's, what's held up the kind of development of a, a more inclusive industry. Yeah, and then you just get a load of the same type of people coming out. Mm. Which, is... which is interesting because actually, okay, slightly looking from the outside, you know, obviously having been an actor for a while and knowing people, I do think that like I can I can kind of spot which drama schools certain people went to when I would see them act which I think is really interesting because I think that they do strip you away and 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 kind of they do turn out they I think drama schools to some extent are at slight um like kind of cookie cutters and they cut out a certain type of actor mm. um which I think is is really interesting because I'm like well surely they should be trying as much as possible to really help someone um, create their own identity because is that not going to make for a more interesting industry if if there's loads of different characters and loads of different people? You know, that's why diversity is so important. It's not just so that, um, you know, it reflects society in a fairer way. It's, It's so that it's actually, it's just more interesting you know, it's way more interesting, even for me as like a, a white man, it's, I find it far more interesting to see people from all different shapes and sizes and colours and genders on when I'm watching something. Um, so like, it, that's why that is also important. So I do find it interesting that, um, that drama schools, as valuable as they are, can actually, I think, kind of strip people away so much that they end up just becoming slightly different variations of each other. If you could go back and say to your drama school, I really want to know this. Why didn't you tell me this? What what, what do you think that would be? And I mean, this is one of the things that we kind of reached out to other people and said, what, what do you say that it's not just coming? I, as I said, I've got a much more limited experience because I'd won it alone, like a lone wolf. Um, so, so I, I know from talking to various people kind of, and I can weigh in here and there, but what, what were your, what's one of your big things? I think, um, what I was talking about earlier was in terms of, um, breaking you down and building you up is quite difficult to do in that time period. Um, and I feel like perhaps, um, a few of us were maybe still maybe on the floor a bit too much at the end and had to be yeah which is interesting because actually um Sophia Jackson who I was speaking to said that and she felt like they spent so much time tearing you apart and kind of getting you to look inside yourself and and also I think what she was kind of implying was that it was also actually just you know, maybe being told that you're not doing stuff right and that you're not very good. And then they they kind of don't build you back up. They don't build your confidence back up before you go out into the industry. So I think that's quite debilitating for a lot of people. Completely. That, like, um, Antonia Reid-Felstead also was saying to us a similar thing. Um, she was somebody else that went to Oxford and she was just saying, I, w- I wish they'd done more about building your confidence up um, because obviously that's the main thing in terms of nailing an audition that you need to have when you leave drama school. It's so important, isn't it? And and like I was saying, that you can tell certain people from their acting. I think there's certain drama schools that churn out, well, not churn out, but that turn out um, actors with a built-in sense of confidence and, and, dare I say, entitlement. And that's not necessarily a bad... I'm not saying that as a bad thing. No. I think it, it's it can be such an important thing. You know, in my experience, people that went to RADA, if I'm being honest, just have a confidence about them. And and I think it's it's actually like a really positive thing because the industry responds well to that, that people respond well to confidence. Confidence sells. It does. Yeah. And, and, you know, when you're going into a room and, and, you know, putting yourself out there, to have that confidence in your in yourself is is... 
it's such an asset and I think it just puts you ahead of the the pack in a lot of ways yeah I think it's you know it's it's a vital element of um what you need to succeed and if you know when you are at drama school I think there should be a lot more done in terms of classes on how to market yourself you know we did have professional development stuff yeah but I, I don't remember it being on how to make yourself sound great or like you know how to write people how to write people? How to write people. How to write people in, like, mm. best ways. Yeah. How to write to people in, you know, a way that makes you sound great, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Without feeling like you're being arrogant. Well, yeah. And, and, and just having that, that confidence and that, that belief that you can write to someone and that you, des- that you are not putting them out. I think that the, the other thing that a lot that drama school does um, is it makes people feel like... Um, like they are kind of a sub being within the industry, you know, casting directors and agents and directors and producers are like the top and the gatekeepers and they control everything. And you don't want to ever do anything to them or say anything or look them in the eye. Yeah. You know, it's, it, and, and that does not create a very healthy environment because it makes actors always feel like they are the lesser person it in puts every them on a massive pedestal have. and makes yeah. you feel terrified like rabbit in the headlights yeah. and then if you've got that desperation casting directors say it don't they they're like they can smell it a mile off and it's not attractive to them yeah and, and no one wants to then work with that um and it's not just that yeah it's desperation but it's also not feeling like you know well what are they going to be like when they get in the rehearsal room or what are they going to be like when they get on set and as we talked about before that is such an important part of when you're hiring someone taking those things into consideration um it also comes into it in terms of how you into your confidence affects you know how you're how you're going into auditions and how you also deal with yourself generally like in the times where you're not working mm-hmm. i mean i was talking to matt foster about this uh my friend matt foster um, and, <laughs> and he was saying that he left drama school prepared to work, but he didn't leave drama school prepared not to work. But just in general, I just don't think that you leave with an awareness of how the industry actually operates. You know, who the agents are, who the casting directors are. I, like, I was talking to someone the other day, actually, and we were talking about the agent that they signed with um, when they left drama school. A great agent. But they were told by their drama school, they were like, oh, you shouldn't sign with them. And they didn't really ever explain to them why. And he's told me who the other choice was that the drama school kind of pushed and said, oh, I th- we think that that's a much better choice for you. And it was completely wrong. And I'm, I, it just made me think, well, if I know that, OK, maybe after a lot of time working in the industry and I'm slightly um, rain manish in my knowledge of, you know, the casting directors and agents and kind of what's going on in the industry but if i if i know that now rain man a, a drama school whose core purpose is to create future generations of actors they should know that they should know all of that stuff and they should be able to give the very best advice about how your career is likely to go and what you should be doing and what you should be pushing and people you should be writing. I, you know, I don't think that a lot of people at drama school now, if, if anyone's listening and they're still at drama school, I don't think they know how many casting directors they are, what type of things that those people are casting. And you need to do that work because that it puts you... At, just way far and above all the other people if you have that knowledge you know I spent 12 years building up that knowledge and and creating that foundation of awareness of of the industry how it operates who everyone is and um and you know as discussed I have obsessive uh, tendencies so perhaps it's not necessarily a positive thing but you know I well do in just... that sense Perhaps it is. Yeah, but I do just have that knowledge that I can call on. Like, how many people text me all the time, like, oh, what's this person's email address? And I don't even look it up. I just tell them what it is. Or how many people message me and ask, I'm um, changing my agent, do, who do you think I should approach? Mm. Um, and and I think that all actors should be striving to have that level of knowledge that yeah, they can I think call on. We... Because you're a professional in your industry, 
you know, you're wanting to be taken seriously. You need to know how your industry works. And unfortunately, I just don't think that drama school really gives people that, does it? I don't think I don't think it makes clear just how much work you have to keep doing. You don't just come out and graduate and then you say, yes, I've trained now. And then, you know, that's enough. Mm. It's, um, you know, um, the actress Rhoda Foriata wrote, um, wrote into us and she was saying it with drama school, you know, she just wishes they'd been clearer about how much work you have to do when you come out, you know, um, because, I mean, it's not always true, but, you know, some people are perhaps more naturally lazier than others and therefore would not be that person who was going to get up every day and send loads of emails and find out they knew, they made sure they knew who the cast and directors were. And, you know, as she made the point, it doesn't, it's not something that stops even when you are successful. You know, she has some very successful friends in the industry now and she's like, you know, you don't realise, but it doesn't stop for them. They don't stop that work even now. Mm. It's something that you always have to keep on doing. So and you definitely just, aren't taught that. No, so it's it's really it's really interesting because okay, you're taught all of this knowledge about how to make yourself a better actor, but you're not necessarily taught how to be an actor who is going to get work. No. Or how to book work. And you know, even um I think that both of us when we've been talking to people over the last week about this so how many people have said my training was so focused on theatre I didn't do any screen acting or very little screen acting and then you know you graduate I, I'm speaking to someone who went to East 15 on the on the three-year course um, and, and she was saying to me that she did one hour in her three years on commercials um, which is just it's insane isn't it? I think we did one like, class I, on commercials as yeah, well but that's that's insane it's like that's 70 she said that's probably 70 to 80 percent of the auditions that I go in for are commercials and we never looked at that and that can be you know as we've discussed before commercials can be so valuable in terms of helping you to earn money so you maybe don't have to do as many other jobs the only um, thing I remember about my commercials class was having to watch this guy in my class trying to eat yogurt sexily mm. and he was just refusing so I didn't learn much. Oh, come on, dude. Like, if you're going to audition for a uh, yoghurt commercial, I mean, it's always got to be sexy. It was pretty bad. Even but... if it's one of those yoghurts that's, you know, trying to keep you regular. Yeah. You've got to be sexy about it. Yeah. <laughs> and that was all I remember. Oh, no, I think the teacher had been in an advert once and was playing us the video. <laughs> but it was, th- it was the same for us with filming, actually. Um... I'm sure it's something that they've improved on now. I, th- I think it is. Because there, there are schools like Aura where they do loads of, because it's, you know, that is what the type, the name of the school is. Yeah. It's the, you know, the, the recorded arts. Um, so I think it's much more come into focus since we since our day and since our, our friends. But, you know, some of the people that we've messaged and that have been messaging us are, are people that have graduated in the last five years. So I still don't think it's it shifted completely. It, no. When we did it, it was, we, we had a morning, we didn't even have a day, we had a morning on camera work and it was the day after our showcase. So everyone was exhausted, <laughs> just exhausted. Right. Because, you know, there'd been this massive build up to it. Mm-hmm. It was the worst time to do it. I mean, so focus was all over the shop. You know, I think drama schools have to work harder, I think, to be honest, as 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 maybe as um not damning but as as kind of critical as that sounds i think that drama schools need to do more to prepare people for the, the actual the realities and the practicalities of being an actor um it's all very well and good you know having all of these tools at your disposal and and being an amazing finely crafted actor but if you're never going to work what is the point in that I think that the the kind of the balance needs to be shifted slightly so that you know those practical elements um of just being an actor writing to people contacting agents the actual audition process like all of those things they're half the job possibly even more feeling and, confident about yeah. contacting people is yeah. just is key so you know, I'd really like to see drama schools um, change and shift uh, in 
in that direction and, and just give more uh, more time and energy to, to those things because I think that it's going to turn out more actors that end up working um, and that are more employable as well. Um, and definitely with, thinking thinking about the effects that it has on actors when you break them down and what you then might need to do to make sure that they're built up enough to market themselves in a positive way. Yeah, completely. Um, and while we're at it, just as a little side note as well, they need to stop with the uh, the audition fees, the crazy audition fees. I'm just going to tag that onto the end yeah. of the chat because, I mean, I spent hundreds of pounds auditioning for <laughs> drama schools um, and I was working full-time because I was in my gap year. So I could afford to do that then. But how many people can't afford to do that when they're charging you up to 50 quid for like a single audition. Um, I mean, it's a huge, if they've got 5,000 people applying and they, they charge them all 30 to 50 quid each. I mean, like I said, I've, you know, I'm not good with maths, but that is a lot of money. (laughs) Um, I agree. It's a, it's something else that they need to address. And on that note, I think we are going to say goodbye. I have enjoyed this chat immensely. I have learned about your theatre training experience, Emily, or your drama training. Theatre training experience. That just proves how little you've been listening to me. (laughs) Just been wallowing in his own voice, as usual. Your acting training experience. It's been marvellous. Acting training experience. About... Too wordy. (laughs) uh, About what you went through and... You know, I'm glad I heard about you dropping out. To everyone else out there, if um, you know an A-list actor ever appears in your dream and tells you to quit drama school, let me be the proof that you should do it. Don't listen to them unless you sit behind them in the theatre. You should do it. You should do it. Until next week, goodbye from me. Goodbye. Well, that was very abrupt. <laughs> goodbye from Emily too. Goodbye from Emily too. You have been listening to Average at Best. Thank you to James O'Brien for helping to write our opening jingle and to Katie Tweddle at Outfaced Illustrations for all the artwork you see on our social media. Speaking of which, don't forget to follow us on Instagram where we're Average at Best the podcast and on Twitter where we're Average Best Pod. We'd also love to hear from you, so why not drop us an email on listener at averageatbestpodcast.co.uk. Until next time, bye! <laughs>